All right, so we're back here on another Washington Football Guys podcast, episode 37. What's, what's going on, Rob? It, it feels weird not <laughs> not prepping for a game. It's sad not prepping for a game this week, but, uh, but hey, you know, we, we, we made it a full season. Um, another season under under the Ron Rivera regime, and we completed our our first full season of the Washington Football Guys podcast. So it, it's something to be proud of. I will say that. Yes, it's, it's an accomplishment. Like you said, it does feel weird. Um, definitely, like you said, considering the fact that there's no prep. Like, okay, well, you know, um, looking towards our opponent, some storylines to watch. You know, favorite moments against these previous opponents. So. You know, it is kind of weird now, like, you know, now talk about this team in a, in a past tense in a sense. So it is very interesting to say the least. But, um, yeah, um, crazy. And it's crazy. Like, it's so weird, like, how this season is really has – it's if like I said, this, this season felt longer than most seasons that I've ever, um, you know, as far as when it comes to, you know, just following the team. And now, you know – this year having an opportunity to like really cover the team from you know the weekend and week out. So I always thought that was a you know great, you know, I just remember the 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 anticipation and the earnest that we had in the beginning yeah. of the season, even hyping up preseason games, and we were really excited about um that and then just you know everything that happened throughout the whole entire season. But yeah, we're definitely gonna um put a bow on this on this 2021. Washington football team. Um, well, you know, and we kind of look back, talk about some stuff, and kind of just, you know, it's our thoughts on how the season was. And uh, definitely stick around. This will be a, definitely a great show to, to you know, put a ball on this season with, you know. But um, yeah, so Rob, before you know, got to get into it first. Let's talk about the good that happened this year. So. <laughs> Okay, Kenneth will be first in division last year. So watch your mouth, Kenneth. We're in third place now. We're third place today, but might be first place in 2022. So it can happen. Isn't that, isn't that where uh, his team finished last season? Correct. And look how easy scheduled it they had. Yeah. You know, hey, let's get that third place schedule. So, Rob, we got, we got your, your top three favorite moments of 2021. Uh, so first one is uh, Taylor Heineke getting his first win as a starter on Thursday night football against the Giants, albeit due to a little bit of luck and a little bit of help from the Zebras. Um, he kind of called that, you know, could have gone either way against the Giants on the offsides on the Dustin Hopkins uh, field goal to to win the game. He ended up missing that one, but because of the, the offsides, got a chance at another one and, and got Taylor Heineke his first win as a starter. That was that was a big one. Next one, um, Kendall Fuller picking off Russell Wilson in the end zone on Monday Night Football to to cap the game off to secure the to secure the win. Um, after that that whole game we had dominated. Obviously lost Joey Sly uh, right before yeah. halftime, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So it was Ron Rivera had to play a call a very different style of game, um, and it led to us taking more chances than probably he would have liked. Russell Wilson got hauled on that final drive, was able to score a touchdown, needed a two-point conversion to tie the game to force overtime, and Kendall Fuller uh, was able to read read his eyes and, and get the pick to secure that. And then my all-time favorite moment this, this season was uh, Antonio Gibson's touchdown run capping off the 19-play, 10-and-a-half-minute drive 
uh, to steal the win against Tampa Bay. Just what, even though I didn't get to see it live because I think that was the day that my internet went out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, on that final drive, uh, it, it was still really it, cool to look back on it. I still have the video saved in my phone. Um, that being the way that we ended, that we capped the game off and and clinched it was. It was big not only for the team, but especially Antonio Gibson, who I was probably one of his biggest critics last season. You know, wasn't able to do much against good defenses. And this year, obviously, broke a thousand yards, which, which even in a 17 game season, still, you know, it's still a big deal. Um, yeah. Um, and actually, I, um, coming in number three for me, um, it's definitely uh, Taylor's homecoming in Atlanta. I definitely think that was um, such a good moment. And um, you know, you, and it's crazy. It's more so. I mean, the game was up and down, um, and then obviously the uh, the JD McKissick throw, what Taylor the JD McKissick throw to pretty much win that football game. Yeah. Um, and then just the emotional pressure after it. Um, you know, he, you know, you know, a guy that was pretty pretty much, you know, when you know everybody was hunkering down, and you know, in, in twenty twenty to a point where hey, we couldn't even find toilet paper. This man was living with his with his sister and his and 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 her husband. So, you know, just talking about you know those times that he was just grateful for them to give you know let him just sleep on the couch and just do his thing. And this is what let you it broke it down to the human element, and it kind of let you know, hey, sometimes in life, hey, you go through things, and sometimes in life you could be a late bloomer, you can still do anything. You could be twenty eight years old and could be a starting quarterback your first go around. So, that was a lot of lessons in that, just in the perseverance and just life. In general, um, but I think that homecoming in Atlanta that was good, and you know, that was one of my moments. Uh, Ron Revenge in Carolina, uh, Ron going back to playing the uh, Carolina Panthers. Like we talked about that week, we had our guy, shout, shout out to our guy, um, our guy Larry. Uh, he came on, and, and we, you know, and it's funny because, like, you know, we all, see, you know, people always say, well, you know, Ron, really that, you know, it's just it's just a regular game. I'm like, no, nah, man, this is not a regular game. I know he wants to say that out, you know, say that with us. But I know internally, if he, you know, sleeping at night, I knew that that game was going to be one of those games that was going to be really emotional, a game that he yeah. really wanted to win. Um, that was, And then the fact that we kind of ignored the noise, that was the Cam Newton homecoming. So remember, that was a double homecoming. So a lot of people. But, you know, that place was was rocking, sold out. They, you know, came off to an early lead. Then we ended up coming back and take, taking advantage of that game. And that was a part of our uh, four-game win streak. So that was definitely a um, great win on the road, Ron's Revenge. And then Tops beating Tampa. Like, you, like you, um, when we talked about the Antonio Gibson run, they pretty much cap off that 10-minute uh, uh, fourth-quarter drive. That was a game that no one, even ourselves, didn't think we were going to win that football yeah. game. And, um, you know, it's one thing, even though, you know, we didn't make the playoffs, but we can, in a sense, kind of find solace in the fact that, hey, we did beat the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions at home, avenging our playoff loss, even though, I, you know, I will still say that because, hey, we did lose to them in the playoffs. And then, so, you know, for us to come back the very next season and actually um, take care of Tampa, Especially at that time, we were two and six, um, and it started off a, a nice little streak for us. So definitely, um, those are you know my favorite moments. And then also honorable mention has got to be Brian Johnson uh, field goal kick to beat the uh, um, the Las Vegas Raiders. So you know, and and also you know that was our first time ever going to Vegas, and 
um, you know, taking care of business and Burgundy and Gold showed up in that matchup. It looked damn near like a home game. So, yeah. you know, people, you know, people poo-pooing about, you know, you know, but our, our fan base does travel. Don't get it yeah. twisted. That's cause, just because you might see sometimes at home, we ain't the L.A. Charters. We do have a home field advantage and we do have a road advantage. Don't, don't, so don't get us twisted now. <laughs> it's still some people there. You know what's funny is Washington actually has more wins against a uh, ten win teams than Dallas does. Hmm. The more you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, and also like I look at those just to great moments. It's like you know, one thing's where you look at the season, you like these are the kind of moments I can hang hang my head on and be like, you know what, seven and ten, disappointing year, but hey. There was some good stuff that came out of this. So we talked about the good. Rob, we definitely got to talk about the bad. <laughs> Rob, I got I to gotta know your, your top three disappointing moments. There there was a lot of it. Um, any, any play that William Jackson was involved in? I know you only want three, but you know we played. Um, played mentions, in twelve. I take. I got four. So you he could. played in twelve games, so that's at least twelve right there. <laughs> um, any play that he was, um, any play that he was involved in, he gave up. Uh, he he looked like Trayvon Diggs out there just giving up yards, but wasn't getting any. Wasn't getting any picks. Um, next, Chase Young, Chase Young hurting, tearing his ACL. You know, right there against Tampa. You know, the game ended how we wanted it, but losing Chase for the year was was tough. Um, and then just the the complete and utter, not even disappointment, just the embarrassment on on Sunday Night Football, yeah. the sl- Sunday Night Slaughter against you know Dallas, where it got out of hand quick, and then it resulted in you know as we now know famously, drawn pain and. And Jonathan Allen getting into a little scuffle. Ron Payne put his finger on, pressed his finger up against Jonathan Allen's head, and Allen took a swing on him. I, I think Allen missed on purpose. I do. Yep. Because he so was way too. too close not to not connect. to connect a little bit. Um, but that was just a little little warning shot. Yeah. William Jackson, Chase Young getting hurt, and and all of the entire Sunday night football game against Dallas. Yeah. It, there was certain games a lot that I was really like kind of disappointed. Obviously, you talking about the Sunday night football game, um, you know, and we had the, and we did the pregame show and we figured, hey, we got somewhat of a shot. Hey, let's do something. And then that first three possession, well, really our second possession when he threw it to Trayvon Diggs, that was the game was over. Then um, a lot of it too. A lot of my stuff is more so kind of off. It was games and stuff off the field. Obviously, the loss to um, our Sunday Night Football game lost to Dallas. Um, I think another one I thought was really embarrassing when we lost to Buffalo. I thought that was a really despicable game because at that time that was like, we call it like a measured game, but that's what, what that's what Ron called as well. But obviously, we were we were very short when it came to that matchup, um, and rightfully so. Um, then it was just two situations I really did not like. Obviously, I think the Ryan Kerrigan, uh, no tribute video for him. I thought that was really disappointing to me because of a guy. And you know how and we, you know how we are when it comes to Washington uh, football team. We still got love for dudes that that, that played for this, you know, for this organization, and they long gone. Like I still talk about Trent all the time. I talk about. 
Kurt all the time. I talk about a lot of well, Kirk. Now, no, now I ain't Bruce Allen now. So, <laughs> but you know, but we, you know, we we still got love for those type of guys. And then for a guy like a Ryan Carrico, who was really like an all all time sack leader of this organization, mm-hmm. comes here with no fanfare. Like I do, I literally forgot about that until I was I just about to say him. that. And, and then I said I read something about it in a paper because I, I knew he went to Philly, but obviously, and now you think to yourself, like, it's we thought he was gonna go somewhere where he was gonna get some playing time and get some, you know, and get, you know, and, and have a more of a, you know, an expanded role. But he went to Philly and almost like he did last year. He actually did better last year in Washington than he did this year. And I totally forgot that he was still on that team. So, like you said, I didn't know and then until somebody said something. It was a post somebody wrote, and I'm like, "Man, he is he was in and he was here, and we didn't even get him no video tribute, no nothing." I was like, "That's really bad," and that's and that looks like that, and that makes us look bad because the simple fact of, especially you know, if you wanna, you know, and we've always looked bad because think about it, even like the old like Champ Bailey, he you know him going to the um, him going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he's just like nobody even reached out to me from the from the organization and congratulated me, and I, we drafted this dude. Yeah, and especially and then for a guy like Ryan Kerrigan, who's really done so much for this organization, and he gets nothing. That's really disappointing. But my number one, and my number one, and it's it's this one. This one cuts deep. Because it has so many multi-layers and multi-faceted situations. I think the Sean Taylor retirement was yeah. by far the most disappointing because even though – and I think, like, and, and, and what it is – because well, this team is almost like you have to separate yourself from the emotion. I think initially I thought this was a great idea, but then I'm thinking to myself, this is Thursday. The game is Sunday. like. This does not make any sense. Like this should should have been something that was thoughtfully planned out and what have you. And I, you know, we've heard reports saying with other people saying that they were going to do it, but it was never released to the public. Look at now, looking at the event that they're going to have a, a drive-in movie or something they're going to have at FedEx Field on February the fourth. You announced that what three, two and a half weeks, but you can announce a jersey retirement for you know one of your. What if one of your greatest what ifs in sports history? Yeah, you know, so that botched, and then the whole handling of it all. And I hate to bring up this name. I'm just gonna pay, say JM. I'm not even gonna say his first name. We all know who he is. That old little jackass. Who allowed that jackass to dance on it? Because and 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 you see how and I you know what? And I know that's that's an internal situation because. You see what, like, what Denver did? They did, you know, with Demarius Thomas. That's blocked off. No one, yeah, no one, no one stepped on that. Nobody. So, how was that allowed for Demarius Thomas, but not for Sean Taylor? That's something that the organization, and that's why, part of me, I don't want to. Bl- I I do blame JM for being obviously a jackass. I hate to say I've been saying it like three or four times in a row, but. He's gonna do what he has to do, but I think as an organization, we shouldn't even allow that to even happen for him to even be in that vicinity. Because I guarantee, if he would have did that to 
Demarius Thomas like that, oh, Denver would have kicked his ass out. Straight up. Yeah. And he should have got kicked out Absolutely. for that. And he should have got kicked out for that. But they allowed it and they thought that was cute and all this. No, it's not. It's embarrassing. Yeah, now, now that you mention it, that, that should have been my number one. And it's weird that I forgot all about it, but it yeah. was just something that it was it was just a we already had really terrible moments even before the season started. Um but just dealing with all of that and then Yeah, I, I don't know how I missed that one. And that's how long the season felt. Right. I didn't even and feel like it was it was this season that that happened. I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling you this how this team plays with our emotions. Because literally, all right, so think about it. That happened October the 17th. You know, we had that bad week after the Denver game. Obviously, we stunk the joint up in Denver. Then after that, you get that four-game win streak up until, what, December the 12th when we played Dallas. It's almost like you forgot about it. It's almost like that that four-game win streak was almost like a, a season on to itself. So yeah. everything seemed like that went past that kind of was washed away. And then coupled with the four-game lose streak, then that was another one the tale of two seasons. That's how you felt. And yeah. then the season finale. So like you said, like we talked about it, there's so much situations that has happened in this organization alone. Well, not to even say, I think Oakland, well, not Oakland, but I think the Raiders might've had by far the worst, but I think we're like second place when it comes to that was really, we helped kind of create some of that drama by, the, by their investigation but you look at just like with us, like it was a lot of stuff that happened. And it's almost like it feels like it's been like two years because of just how everything is and like how <laughs> this team is it's been such a crazy year where you look at just a lot of things that have happened. And yeah, you tend to forget it because you think about it. I almost you talk about the Thursday night game, I almost forgot about the Thursday night game. I mean, because it, it feels like like September, what was it? September 19th or something like that. I forgot what something day like it that, was. Yeah. And it was like, that feels like uh, uh, like moons ago, many moons ago compared to just four months ago. It's so bizarre. But that's just, I mean, that's how crazy this season has really been. Like, you know, I know it's a, you know, a 17, well, we play 17 games, we play, you know, 18 week season. But it's it's been a it's different. This year has been extremely different. Like oh, this like and we talked about it even, you know, this other stuff that has happened within the organization, you know, the investigations that keep on going and on, um, you know, tragedy within, you know, two tragedies that as of late. That's the, you know, as far as with the football team, obviously, um, the death of Montez Sweat, uh, brother, and then also the Shazo Everett's uh, girlfriend. So, a lot of that, like, a lot of stuff has, like, a lot of stuff has happened. And you think to yourself, like, what a hell of, like, a, what a year. Like, yeah. what kind of a crazy, like, year it has been for this team. And in more ways than one, as, you know, on the field, off the field. And everything that's that just like crossing the field, so you know it's just crazy. It has just been a it's been a hell it's been a year. I put it that way, <laughs> but yeah, this definitely wasn't definitely not the uh, 20, 2020 variety. But hey, you know. <laughs> 
but it was it was a year to say the least. At the end of the day, <laughs> that's all we can really say about it. Yeah, it was definitely a year. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a year. <laughs> so, Rob, I definitely got a. And it, it was hard. It was this was one by far the most difficult because I I do have some phrase. I have a phrase, and I might just use it as a one word phrase. But Rob, your one word to describe the twenty twenty one season. So I even had to Google this to make sure it was one word because I wanted to stay within the rules. Um, in some cases, people do use it as one word, so I will use it as one word today. I'm gonna say roller coaster. Yes, because that. It was literally, you look at how our season went, it was literally a roller coaster. Our first, we went, our first four games, lose, win, lose, win, lose four straight, win four straight, lose four straight to finish the season. So it it was the, literally the epitome of what a roller coaster is, just up and down, twists and turns, you know, Again, the the loss win loss win for lose four, win four lose four. That's the up and downs, and then the twists and turns is is completely controlling the ball against Tampa Bay, um, pulling out a Monday night win with no kicker, you know, <laughs> on a pick to to avoid overtime and to keep my parlay alive. Well, to help have me win my parlay, because um, I did take Washington minus two on that game. And and then just the drop off, you know, starting with with the first Dallas week, which ended ended it didn't end that bad. We we're down twenty eight nothing early, uh, second half completely shut. Dak Prescott down, and it was more of just our, our defense got us back into it. But Michael Parsons was too much for Taylor Heineke to handle. Uh, yeah, roller coaster twists and turns, ups and downs, you know. Yeah, we became a meme. Yeah, <laughs> with Randy Gregory and and, and Taylor Heineke laying on the field like his yeah, <laughs> and then he did it again in the second game too. And I know and... I was like, oh my god, crazy. I'm like you. I I didn't look this up in a dictionary, but I'm was gonna make it a one word whirlwind. Whirlwind um, is actually one word. I do know yeah. that for a fact. Yeah, and to, to echo to echo your sentiments, like I mean, it's it's crazy, and it's funny because I always look back at like, especially like I remember when the season, well, when the schedule was released in um, in May, and I was like, a lot of games. I thought, you know, I was like, okay, well, we got. I kept on saying, oh, we got a murderous row. We got a, you know, a a big. You know, we got some big matchups. We got, you know, Patrick Mahomes one week. The next is Aaron Rodgers. At that time, we didn't know what Teddy Bridgewater. We figured like Teddy Bridgewater was going to be like maybe the easiest quarterback that we could have could have faced at that time season wise. And then we got a bad like off of Tom Brady. We got 14 days to prepare for Tom. And at that time, we were looking at Russell Wilson, you know, a lot of, it was just a lot of it, just the, just the whirlwind. It was just a, one of those things where, hey, we started off kind of shaky, obviously being at 500, um, squeaked out wins against the Giants and the Falcons. And then from there, uh, we fought hard. And I think 
the the beauty about all that too, even in those losses, we did fought we fought very hard. Like it's been a lot of years with sometimes some teams packing in, especially in that four game losing streak. Obviously, that was uh when we, we lost to the Saints. That's another one too, where it's like that's where I look at and you know, we could have won that football game. Then Kansas City, that loss. Then with the Green Bay, I think we had a legitimate shot. I think if Taylor would have actually ran the ball in, I think we would have legitimately would have still been in that game and could yeah. and could have potentially uh, snuck one out in, in Green Bay. But that's here nor there. Then obviously uh, Halloween, that's another one. And that's a lot of these games that you think to yourself, if there was better execution, we might have been playing this weekend, literally. Yeah. A lot of I see, especially, especially, I think even at seven and ten, you think to yourself like, "Dang!" Because you think about it, like what what did I say? Nine to eight would have got you in. Look what Philly and San Francisco is. Mm-hmm. They nine to eight. They, that would have got you in. And I look at some of those matchups, and you like, and I think that's what really hurt. I think when we had that four game losing streak after you know, obviously in December, where I think it caught. If we would have took advantage of some of these games. You know, early on, this would kind of what it gave us a cushion, right? Especially, I think in that Philly game, I think if we would have beat them, because that's another two games I think we could have won. I think if Garrett Gilbert didn't start, and everybody keep on saying, "Oh, next man up," but y'all the same ones, right? But this wasn't a next man up. This was go find a man, go find a man, cover down. Right, just go find a man that just just took just um just bathe his child and got called and said, "Hey, you need to be in, in Ashburn, Virginia, at eleven a.m. the next day." Yeah. Talk about something next man up. Okay, okay, you let that happen to you. Oh man, well that ain't I I I, I let me hear the game and the excuses because everybody yeah, keep course. on was killing us. Like, well, it's next man up. Like you said, like you said, Rob. It ain't no next man up. He he wasn't on his team. <laughs> we had to find him. We had to find right. him and tell him to get here. He's not even in the he's not he's not with us every day. Right. And Garrett Gilbert was on the Cowboys the entire season last year. Exactly. And they still couldn't do anything with him. Exactly. How the hell do they expect us to to win with him on, on four days of, of knowing the playbook and being with the team? Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I think people don't really like And that's one thing, too, where I think if you look at just from the 2022 perspective, hey, let's just jump out and just take care of business early. I mean, hey, let's we can and still play our best football at the end because like these yep. things can happen because that's definitely think what happened to us in that Philly game is probably going to happen again in the winter months after the holidays. So I think that's another thing too. Where I think that could potentially happen. That's like, dude, how our CV nineteen QB of twenty twenty get it this year? Like the irony, yep. you know, he was all he was all you know quarterback. Yeah, and everybody, you're right. And I and I used to hate when people say, "Well, next man up." No, ain't no such thing. And not especially when it comes to the quarterback position, and he's not like on your depth chart until four days before the game. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Don't don't give me that. <laughs> right. But yeah, and like you said, it's just a whirlwind. Even like we even just what we talked about and guys losing, you know, we you know we lost a lot of guys 
during that um in that Philly game that weren't able to play. So you look at that, and then also the um the you know the punch, well, the almost punch that everybody was commenting on, uh, you know, you know, Deron and and <laughs> and Jonathan Allen. I was like, like you said, and I think he, like, I, I, and I agree with you, Rob. I think he didn't want to connect with him because he knew if he connected with him. Oh, he would have been asleep. He would have been forever. He would have been, been counting sheep. He'd been counting sheep and six feet deep. Yeah. Because you see, like, that little, that, that, that came with force. Like, you oh, said, yeah. I think he meant, I think he did that so he knew because he knew he would have knocked his brains out. Mm hmm. At that force, and he had like the and he had this and and and, and tape, bro. Who knows how he, had, he right. has huge hands too. Jonathan Allen right. is a big dude. He has huge hands. Exactly, like dude, he was going. That's why like, I think that's why like Deron Payne, he like he was about to cry. He probably like man, thank the Lord, he and that thing didn't connect. He probably seen his Ooh. life flashing through his eyes. That's why that boy was like he was about to cry. Yep. <laughs> Shoot. And that's another thing. Oh, people made such a big deal about that. That, that was nothing kind of angered me too. They're like, oh, they're fighting. It happened all the time. Right. It's just because we just losing. But it is what it is. <laughs> but I mean, hey, boys to be boys. <laughs> yeah. You know? Hey, let them hey. That's what that's what that's how we that's how we do sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes brothers fight. Hey. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather, you know. They and they squashed it. They should be all right. But like you said, um, Deron and the, he did a social media. Uh, what they call it? Uh, I forgot. Like not a scrape, but it's did a, a cleanse. Uh, yeah, did yeah. A whole social media scrub and cleanse. Yeah, yeah, scrub. Yeah, social media scrub. And I'm like, yeah. So that's yeah. We all know. Like we talked about on the podcast. Like yeah, you see somebody, you see somebody that lead they uh some some photos with other people in them. Oh, that's over. <laughs> oh yeah, <You> can... <laughs> that's the first clue. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some awards, Rob. And <laughs> no, this is—I know for me, it was kind of like grasping for straws for some for some of these awards. This um, <laughs> that we giving out tonight. So, who is the MVP of the 2021 Washington Football Team? So I'm gonna go a route that I think you. I figured you were going to go a certain route, so I'm kind of going to go different just because of what he was able to do. Um, and Jonathan Allen, I think the impact he was able to make this season, um, you mentioned the Green Bay game. He kept us in the Green Bay game yep. for a majority of that, that game. Like, like you said, if if um, if Heineke would have actually scored a touchdown, <laughs> like, like you, uh, people don't remember, but we talked about it. Green Bay had literally the worst red zone defense in the league. Yep. And we even said, if we can just get in the red zone, we'll be good because we're, chances are we're going to score. They gave up a touchdown on like 54% and then scored on like almost 60%, including field goals. They absolutely horrendous um, red zone defense. Got four red zone uh, attempts and came away with absolutely nothing. Um, most famously, capped off by Taylor Heineke um, diving for the pylon when he didn't need to at all and you know giving up that touchdown and wasn't able to score on the next play on a fourth down on um, Jonathan Allen single-handedly pretty much kept us in that game um 
the big thing about Jonathan Allen, though, not only obviously he played great, which was fantastic, obviously, but the fact that he was able to play at this level after signing that big deal. It's always a big worry when people sign big deals. They're, you know, now you have an expectation of them. And if they don't meet that expectation, you kind of um, is looked at as a negative, like, oh, he got the bag. So now he's not going to try as hard. And uh, he was he got the money and then he still performed at a high level. I think he got snubbed for all pro. He should have been all pro first team. Um, I think he definitely had a better season than uh, uh, Cameron Jordan over in New Orleans. So I think he got snubbed. That, that's my team MVP, though, Jonathan Allen. And for a big part, too, for not hitting Deron Payne. Yeah, no, right. He's hated life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that definitely, um, yeah, yeah, definitely huge shout out to uh, Jonathan Allen. Uh, Matt's got to go to Terry McLaurin. Um, I think got another um, thousand yard uh, receiving year, especially considering fact all the quarterbacks he's had thus far in his short, in yeah. a weird way, he has a short career, even though he's had like a litany of quarterbacks. Um, I think it's just another testament of just his character and the, the kind of guy that you want on a team like this, even though you hate the fact that, you know, we are in this predicament as far as, you know, having these losing seasons. But he's been our constant. He's been a guy I look at, especially him and a guy like a Jonathan Allen who has endured those losses and and and, and, and always weakened and we got become a um, consummate professional. Yeah. So these are two guys that even though despite, you know, where we at currently – they're the bright spots of this team. They're the if, if we look at it, this team from a half glass perspective, they're the ones who fill in this glass halfway full because of the fact of hey, these guys' leadership, um, just week in and week out, great attitudes. Also, you know, um, Jonathan Allen, the Watts Payton Man of the Year for our team. Hopefully, um, you know, he'll you know he he actually be the um, you know the Watts Payton Man of the Year. Um, so definitely, that's a great shout out for him. Good testament to him that. You know, his efforts off and off and on the field, especially in this, with the Walter Payton Award, um, what he's done off the field. And, yeah, like with Terry, and that's another thing, I think, like we said, the biggest thing is to get him get him into an extension, um, have him here for the long run. Um, even though – and that's one thing, too. I, I, You know, especially a lot of it, especially when, when the team is losing, I look at a lot of guys who – how they are. You know, as far as because you know, especially in these type of situations, it's trust me, it's fun to win. It's the greatest thing on earth. It makes everything. It makes winning is winning is is contagious. Yep. It makes the drinks better. It makes the make the food taste better. It makes everything better. But you know, in your situation where you losing and they've lo- in the way they've lost, and especially with with Terry being able to just. You know, uh, you know, be that consummate leader, a guy that that will embrace all the quarterbacks he's had, which I think is always a good testament to. And he's not like what you call now like a a diva wide receiver. Yep. He's a guy that just gets the job done. And hey, and he's in. And you know, hopefully we will we'll eventually reward him with stability at the quarterback position, where I think a guy of his nature is going to be able to flourish. I think he can have top 10 wide receiver numbers if he if he's put in that right spot i mean for a guy especially in this predicament who's had he has had, had three quarterbacks this year mm-hmm. and he still was a thousand yard receiver so just imagine if he had that stability and and a and a good quarterback a better quarterback 
this Terry could get about fifteen hundred. He can get fifteen and like easily, probably fifteen. You know, so he's he's the one that's going to be my MVP this year. I thought you were going to go Antonio Gibson. That was my other guy. I was going to go AG. Yeah, uh, he's for my thousand yard season. But yeah. the the thing that made me shy away from him is the the fumbles. They costed us the game against yeah. Dallas uh, when. When your boy, the human garbage can, came in, he, he had a nice little run. Um, ended up scoring actually. He scored on on his first drive in. Yeah, but his fumbles hurt him, and that's why I kind of went away from Antonio Gibson. Might got him in another category, so I, yeah, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> but um, let's see what we got here. So. All right, we got our offensive and defensive uh, player of the year. Um, who you got, Rob? So my offenses, I know I just literally shit on him for about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But Antonio Gibson, he was yeah. still he still played great, in, you know, in, in big moments, um, especially that Tampa Bay game. I keep coming yeah. back to that, especially because that, that whole, not just that last play, scoring the touchdown on the 19th play, but the way he was able to find holes and and get good chunk yards. Um, looking at the game against the Giants, the second one, the, our last game of the season, he averaged seven point two yards per carry. Now that that is that is huge. Even if it is just for one game, that's huge. And again, it is the Giants. They're they're a D three school. I'd be more scared <laughs> of NYU football team. I don't even think they have one. But it's still something that is very. It, it he still came up big when he needed to in most games. Um, and defense, I got to go with, with our boy Landon Collins. Yeah. Making that switch from safety to essentially a linebacker. He call it hybrid linebacker. It, it doesn't matter in the box safety. I don't care. I don't care what he wants to call it to make himself feel better. He is a linebacker. That is what he's built for. That is what he is at heart. Um, and when they were ma- when they made that switch, I think I really do think that was the the key in turning that defense around for that four game stretch. Because after that four game stretch, he got hurt and didn't play in that Dallas game, and it was all downhill from there. Yeah, big time. Um, offensively, yeah, it's gonna be AG. I definitely think a guy, especially like you said. Um, I know he had, he had the fumble issue, and the thing about it. This is where we go once again that the fumbles that he had were in inopportune times. Obviously, the, the week one when we were, you know, at our 20 or something, I think we were probably like in our 20, in the 20s, and he fumbled that one and pretty much gave the charge that win, especially for a team at that time that used to struggle in the fourth quarter. I wish Brandon Staley would have would have threw a timeout on us that day. I know, right? We would have won that football game, but <laughs> but <laughs> but in all seriousness, it was a lot of a lot of situations where he did fumble the ball, and like I, yeah, I'm hoping you know it's you know maybe it'd be something that's be remedied almost i.e. like Tinky Barber. Tinky Barber used to be a lot like that too where he used to fumble a lot and then you know he you know somebody you know I think um Coughlin kind of helped them as far as being able to kind of actually you know 
had a football a little bit more to your chest and kind of, you know, so you won't fumble more. Hopefully that can be remedied. But I think a guy, especially for him, um, thousand yard back, um, even though now that's the exception to the rule now. A lot of this stuff, like, you know, we talk about like, but, um, you know, so I look at that, especially considering the fact that, um, you know, he, um, and I know he played hurt. I know he had a lot of scenarios where he really won't 100%. So, you know, being able to do that at this point and still kind of learning his position too because we still got to remember this man was a college wide receiver. So, you know, yeah. so it's one of the things where two where he's starting – I think he's going to get it. I think he's going to be another one. I think he's got a, a great future with this team. Um, He'll be another one. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, potentially – we can add some other guys too to help kind of help that attack as well. So um, that is concern. Defense, Jonathan Allen, um, you know, nine sacks on the season. Um, like you said, he's it was, you know, just a man amongst boys out there, especially for that um our defensive line. Um, but I don't want to mention I gotta get two to two guys. Uh Cole Holcomb, uh, my guy from the University of North Carolina, my nephew. Um, he did his thing, obviously that yeah. pick six against Dallas, uh, very solid. Like he's, he's probably our second best linebacker between him and Landon Collins. Yeah. Because Landon now is a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I don't care what no one says. He's, he has defined his role on this team as a, as a, um, as a linebacker. He may not like it, but Hey, I think that's where you need to, you need to go. Because, like, you know, he, like, as far as, um and, like, because you think about where he was, he's lost a step. And there's nothing wrong with him at, you know, for Atlanta Collins to lose a step is, in most cases, some people that's really bad. But for him, he already had a motor. He's still, he's still a Ferrari. But, you know, I mean, but he ain't, you know. He he still he still get that get up and go, but he ain't you know like top speed anymore. But I think b- having him at the, at that at that position with linebacker, I think it'll help him and like he and I, he'll be able to um, be really effective for that. And I think he's he can be like our Swiss Army knife when it comes to that type to to you know we you know we talk about like guys. I don't want to say he's gonna be like our Michael Parsons, but potentially like as far yeah. as what you want as far as a guy that could who could kind of be deceptive. Like, you don't know if you, you know, do you drop him in coverage? I mean, all kinds of, you can do anything. Do we, um, do you have him as a spy? Especially like if we got a guy like a uh, Jalen Hurts in the horizon or the other, the uh, uh, D Watson potentially, or whoever comes, you know, another, you know, other, other, you know, other uh, right. potential quarterback um, links, in this division potentially, so he could, you know, you can have, you can use him in so many variety of ways. And then also shout out to Bobby McClain. I think he's another guy. I think underrated as well. I think he was very solid. He um, had four interceptions on the season, yeah. so I definitely think he was um, had a very solid performance, especially coming off of pretty much, you know, um, from Miami. And I, we all was like, he get rid of Bobby McClain. And as we talked about it every week, we just like. What's going on? Like, all right, like, okay, just like Donovan McNabb coming to Dallas, coming to Washington. Like, what's happening? Why y'all releasing this man? Like, on the brink of the season? Like, should I? Like, what's going on? (laughs) And I even, I even tweeted out to Miami Twitter. I was like, hey, what's the deal with this guy? And literally, none of them said anything bad about him. 
Yeah. All great leader, great kid, balls every weekend. I was like, that there has to be. I still maybe that's why Brian Flores was fired. That's what I say. But I'm I gotta stay in the child's place. You know what I'm saying? But I, that's what I said. Are you seeing now where a lot of people are looking at the Chris Greer, their relationship between the two of them, and then some players as well. So yeah, I mean it's a like you said, I don't, you know, I see that type of situation. Like I, you know, those type of situations do have do matter in the, in the NFL. Relationships are key, and if you can't get along with some people, they get get rid of you. And sometimes some people are loyal to, to the to, to the you know to their detriment. Yeah. <clears throat> Never mind. I'm gonna say that out loud. What me understand? I'm wrong. We know, right? <laughs> Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) but we got rookie of the year, Rob, who is your rookie of the year? So my first one, I'm going to go defense first, um, Mm -hmm. because he was not projected to be the best rookie with the last name of Tony in this, uh, in this division. Um, mm-hmm. So Shaka Tony, I, he he came in clutch in, in a few games, um, covering in you know coming in for Chase and then eventually Montez Sweat when he went out as well. Shaka Tony was his name came up a lot um, in the middle of that four game winning streak. And offensive, I gotta go John Bates. You know with yeah. Logan Thomas having his injury issues, Ricky Seals Jones went down. I don't remember which game we lost him in, but we lost him for the season. Uh, John Bates was a nice little. A nice little security blanket for Taylor Heineke. Obviously came up big in a lot of moments. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. I know he had a bit. I want to say he had a big play. He had that touchdown against Philly in the first game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way he was able to just kind of plug and play and, and kind of not miss a step from where the previous tight ends were. Uh, John Bates out of Boise. And then obviously Shaka Tony was, was big for us this year. Yeah, and this rookie class, ah, it's crazy because I, I had so many high expectations out of this rookie class. I, I thought my boy, I thought my nephew was about to at least about have about seven hundred fifty of them things. Yeah. That man only had like hundred and fifty six receiving yards and shit. <laughs> so, um, and you know, we thought you know, like Jamin was gonna do his thing, but I think he, I think he will. It's just a matter of time. I think. A lot of it too. I think it's just more so of timing. And I think sometimes we have to kind of be patient in the type of situation. And then, you know, people say pocket watching. I think team watching because you, everybody looks at a guy. Oh well, this person is performing at this high level. This and a third. And like we talked, you know, because I know everybody like, oh, you know, well, Michael Parsons is doing his thing. But then I be telling people and like, look, if Mike Nolan was a defensive coordinator. Michael Parsons might be like damn Jamie Davis. Right. So it's just like, hey, there's a reason why, you know, people are doing what they do. So yeah. I, I try not to, I try not to organization watch. I, I say I'm going to stop doing that a lot in this year because I think you're really going to need to worry about your own home before you worry about what other people are doing in their other home. Yeah. But more organization wise, I don't actually do that in my personal life. I, right. you know, what I'm saying, but I mean, as far as seeing mimicking, oh well, 
this is what they're doing. We should do that. Yeah, but um, like I said, I think my actually might go to Samuel, Samuel Cosme. I think he's been. One. I think he was he was really solid for a guy, and it's funny because that's when we knew like okay, some somebody about to go. <laughs> like when they drafted him, I think they drafted him in the second or the third round, and I'm like, I thought it's like mm, that's rather interesting that we you know that we uh, picked up Cosme, and um, another one he was solid. He had only four sacks allowed this year, um, and only two penalties. So I think he's been very solid. He had uh, and that's in 474 snaps this season. So I think he's pretty solid. I think he's another guy. I think who's going to be. <laughs> Oh, something about we we I mean we've had some great offensive lines. Um, the only thing about it, can we keep them? That's the thing. Where you look at we you know we lost Trent, we left him about to lose Brandon. I mean, you know, all signs point to it. I mean, if it's a you know just you know <laughs> like a sunny day in Southern California, it's yeah. probably gonna happen. So <laughs> I'm like. So I, that's why I'm looking at there was hopefully we can kind of keep him um, as well, you know, down the line. And also, uh, honorable mention got to be John Bates. I think, like you said, he's a guy that really a lot of people I really didn't think he was gonna have any impact on this team. <clears throat> I put it this way: yeah, I would have probably had more. Deami had probably would have had a more of a impact than John Bates because he was. We looked at John Bates as a guy that was just buried under the depth chart like you said yeah. who would have thought that you know you you know logan to get hurt ricky get hurt so you figured hey it's not gonna be no no situation for him and then also with sammy sammy there as well so you figure like hey you might see john base down the line i mean he, you know but I mean, he was solid like he had a couple great catches against uh tampa bay i think that's when i kind of like my antenna started kind of getting raised on john bates um so that um had had a, had a touchdown against Dallas in that in garbage play, but hey, I'll take it, you know. And um, he got tripped up. If he didn't get tripped up, he probably would have had that game winning touchdown against Philly. But yeah, but they'll get their revenge on Sunday against Tampa Bay because they ain't got no shot in hell to beat Tampa Bay. So, <laughs> so they said about us. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they're right this time. Hopefully, hopefully they are correct. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, see that's another thing too. You know, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I definitely think John Bates, um, definitely a very solid year this year. I mean, for especially considering the fact that we didn't really think he was going to do much. He hell even see the field. So even when he you know, on the field, he he had uh, he had an impact that I definitely think he would have. And like you said, I didn't even I you know. I, Knew he drafted John Bates, obviously, but I figured, hey, he'd be just buried under the depth chart. He'd be like a, a Jeremy Sprinkle, you know, guy, <laughs> you know, the guy that's randomly used, and you know, figured, you know, he'd just be, you know, part of rotation. But yeah, you know, but yeah, he'd be another one that's gonna lose on Sunday. Is former Washington now with Dallas, probably lose on Sunday. So it's all good. <laughs> So, rounding out the season in review, Rob. Top three things we need in 2022. What you got, Rob? Quarterback. 
a quarterback and a quarterback. I mean, get three quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't care at this point. Yeah. Like that we but then again, you know, we said that going into this season that we were just a quarterback away and and I clearly I don't think the way this team performed uh, we were not a quarterback away. I think if we we were a superstar quarterback away from competing, maybe. Yeah. Um. I don't think Fitz. I think Fitz would have gotten us into the playoffs. I don't think we would have been, you know, any have any real shot at maybe making a run mm-hmm. if we had Fitz. I think definitely would have had a few more wins. I think that Denver game could have gone a lot differently. I think the Green Bay game would have could have gone a lot differently. Um. But I think that we are a, a very, 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 very good quarterback away from being a contender. You know, where where is this team going to go to get a quarterback? Are they going to go get an aging veteran again and, and draft? Get somebody like Malik, uh, Malik Willis from Liberty, maybe take a chance on Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. You know, maybe stay at 11 and hope Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral is available. I hope I hope that's not the case. Um, not not a hater at this point. Just from what I've seen from Matt Corral, I'm I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a I'm not a big believer in him. Um, I, the thing is, Ron Rivera needs to make a splash. He needs to get his quarterback of the future this season, this off season. Um, maybe not the you know next fifteen years, but get somebody and then maybe draft. Maybe take a chance on Desmond Ritter in the second round. And see if you can develop him, but he needs to win this season. You know, we've said it before. I've said it, and and you agree that if Ron Rivera doesn't win at least nine games, you know, there's a chance he could be fired. If he's re- sitting right there on seven or eight games, you know, the the seat could start to warm a little bit. If it's anything less than five games, I think it's I think his his future is is cemented, and and he will he will get fired. So quarterback is number one thing, linebacking core. Um, including um, developing Jamin Davis. You know, he played well at times. He had a really good uh, fourth and three, fourth and two stop against the Giants. Um, He's looked good at times. Other times it's been very questionable that David Mayo has played, um, has gotten time over him when he's fully healthy. You got to develop him. If you can't develop him, you know, find a guy that you can develop and, and put him in that spot and, because that was by far our worst unit. Um, and then, you know, not on the field, but our name. Our name is a huge, you know, it's one big thing for me just to be able to have, you know, an, an actual mascot and a and a real nickname again. Um, so that way people can only make fun of us for not winning the division. Yeah, and I agree. Like, um, I think Mass, like, it is a top three, but I think my the biggest thing is going to be identity. And I think that supersedes all all top three, and that comes down from the organization. It comes down with this new name, and then, like you said, and who's going to be the the quarterback that's going to lead this uh, franchise? Because, like yeah. you said, you have to get a quarterback. I mean, you just look at this from the standpoint of even though, like you said, I think if we had a superstar quarterback, and I put it this way, like if we had Aaron Rodgers, he would have been covering up a lot of the deficiencies that we've had. Yeah. The defensive issues, the fumbling of Antonio Gibson, we had opportunities to, to um, you know, to win football games off those mistakes. Like um, I think, 
a friend of friend of the show, I got I got Big Doug. Like I remember he was on a post game show I listened to one time and he was saying pretty much our offense pretty much damn near had to be perfect in order for us to succeed. Yeah. And, and you can't play perfect football week in and week out. Obviously, if you look at how the win streak was, essentially we pretty much played almost damn near perfect football as far as a mistake-free football, which, yeah, that's great and all, but sometimes you're going to run into those situations and you get hit by a buzzsaw, i.e. against Dallas this year. When you turn the football over and you do stuff that, you know, or you abandon the run game, you need to get, you need to have kind of both going in, in, in some kind, in some instance. So I look at just the simple fact of the, the you know, identity, the franchise quarterback, like you said, albeit who is going to be. But I think Ron Vera, like you said, has to make a splash because he's literally fighting for his, for his job. Because I don't, I don't, I definitely don't think at, with three years in and he has three consecutive losing seasons. No, they're not gonna try to go for a fourth one because yeah. if you you know, and especially you look at and like I said, I say I'm not gonna watch other teams, but you but for him, you know, you don't get three years to turn around teams anymore. It used to be like the five year plan. How that that let tell me tell me you old and that <laughs> without saying you old. you old right. It yeah. used to be the it used to be the five year plan where it's like okay, I'm gonna give you five years to turn this around, but now the way the NFL set up, hey, you need to literally fix this team up within a year or two yeah. if not you're on a hot seat you you know you get ready you know you get ready to go and that's essentially that's that's just the way the nfl nature is at this point because so much we've seen so many teams who have been you know one of the worst teams to, to then on the verge of making the playoffs and you, you even looking at division we got a team that's, that's going to tampa bay in our division that arguably probably was one of the worst teams last year. Yeah. Arguably from a from a roster standpoint, they turned around and they made the playoffs. So you look at those type of situations, hey, and then even look at their situation. They had a quarterback that, that just won a Super Bowl and he had you know a few in a losing season and they got rid of him in an instant. He won a Super yeah. Bowl. He's won their first ever Super Bowl in their franchise history. Like that should at least in most cases, would have garnered multiple years, but he was out of there within three, what two, three years. Yeah. So you now it's just it's a quick turnaround. So like you say, he has to make a splash. This can't be a conservative move. It has to be a move that really is going to like draw ab- eyebrows, and it's almost almost gonna have to do like a Sean McVay. Sean McVay was a guy that was on the verge of being on the hot seat. Now he got Matthew Stafford. Look what they're doing. They're in the playoffs now. So. Those are the type of moves that you have to make because I don't think they're gonna. This city, the city's not gonna tolerate another three game. You know, another uh, three three straight years of losing, and you're hoping that Dave Snyder feels the same way. And like you said, then just I just hope and I just pray they get this name situation situation correct. Like my thing is this, like this how they and this they they've kind of botched it a little bit to a, to an extent. I just hope with these next two weeks that the suspense is still it's going to be brewing, but just get this name right. And I know some people are not going to like it. Some people are, but just just be smart about it. I, yeah. When we come back on on two two twenty two, I look 
it should be a harmonious, a historic day. But I just don't want it to be filled with drama and chaos. Right. That's all I want. I just, I just want this to be a subtle name, subtle change, no fanfare, nothing. No, no, no fanfare. I mean, fanfare, obviously, but nothing too crazy. I don't want to hear, you know. And I don't want no leaks, all these leaks that's going on. And I want to, you know, I want to want this to actually go off without a problem. Yeah. You know, I want to see the, I want to see the Greyhound, what is it, the Groundhog to see his shadow so we can, what's it, so we can have six weeks of, 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 of spring or something like that. Yeah. I forgot what it was or something like that. I want something that's something like that. Something, yeah. something that just happened, boom. And then we, you know, we'll, you know, We'll take it from there, but it's more so just the establishing identity, like you said. That you know, everybody making fun of the name. Oh, you're the football team. You don't even have a team with no name, but no one was saying that in 2020 when we were winning that division, and everybody, right. you know, thought it was all fun and games. Now everybody want to take shots. But when the rabbit had the gun last year, nobody <laughs> was laughing, right? Yeah, very <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> so. Rob, we got to put a bow on the 2021 season and this episode of the Washington Football Guys pod. Uh, social media and upcoming projects, what you got? You already know where you can find me, FNC Pod on Twitter, Football and Show Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're going to be back with Cruise Island next Wednesday. I don't know the topic yet, but I will come up with one. Um, probably in about an hour to an hour and a half. If you're into gaming, I will be live on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash football and show gaming. I'm going to be um, it's my Friday night D&D, not Dungeons and Dragons for uh, you high, highly educated folks. Um, drinks and dubs, probably more drinks than it's going to be dubs, but it's going to be a good time. So definitely come come check that out. <laughs> yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Shout out to that. Shout out to Dungeons and Dragons. I played a little bit when I was younger because I had cousins who were really into it. And, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. Dungeons and Dragons can be fun at times. If you're with the right group of people yeah. and being in the Navy on, on the boat I was just on, the ship uh-huh. that I was just on, they got into it. Like, it was, you've seen people on the mess decks after working hours. Mm-hmm. They, they're getting into it. And it, it can be fun at times. So I'm not knocking. I'm not saying yeah. it. I say high, highly educated because it tends to be the people who are more into reading than I am and the smart stuff. So I, I definitely is something that I don't knock. It, it can be fun at times. I feel you because I'm I'm one of the guys. I'm, I'm like when it comes like hanging out, like especially I'm cool. Like so, I was on the road. So this is I had a job. I was on the road. So pretty much we were like living in hotels and we had like maybe a group of us and it was just it was cool like that. So one of one of the guys, he was like, "Hey, we are we'll gonna play Dungeons and Dragons in the um, in the um, in the hotel ballroom." I'm like, "What the hell is that?" But then he got into it, and what made it so funny because he did the characters and he had voices. That's what made it so fun for me. It was like it was hilarious, and it's just like, you can't take all my tokens away, like all kinds of stuff. Like, dude, you're grown. You like a deep voice, but then talking like a little fifteen year old child talking about some the tokens. <laughs> Bro, but it I was had a funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a buddy who he played with his friends, and they it was like he he explained it, it was like a three year, like a three year game that they yeah. played almost every night, and they just carried on. I was like, that's that's commitment. 
Yes, that is definitely a huge commitment. Yes, indeed. Um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, under Couch Coach Live. Uh, check out the pod. Uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Also, gotta give a huge shout out to built.com. Head of our head over to built.com, use our promo code off the ball, uh, get yourself 10% off discount. Then also uh bet us. Uh, dot com use our promo code off the ball where you get to a, a 125 percent sign up bonus and they do offer the fastest payouts in the industry so as we as we um we have put a boat on the 2021 season so what we're gonna do we're gonna actually uh, literally cancun on three for two <laughs> weeks we're gonna take a we're gonna take a little take a little break. We're gonna take a little little break, have some, you know, have a little time to kind of decompress for the season. But we're gonna have a special, special uh Washington Football Guys podcast on Wednesday, February the 2nd, February the 2nd, 2022, aka 2222. And that's when we'll know who the new name of our franchise and um, get everybody thoughts. It's going to definitely be a very historic night to say the least. Um, So yeah. So Wednesday, February the 2nd, we will return for (laughs) the Washington football guys pod. And we're going to take, like you said, we'll take some time. Um, Cancun on three. (laughs) Rev up the jets and get ready for Got to get our thoughts in order and listen and actually look back on this season. It it went by fast. I will say that. And um, right. before we go, Coach, <laughs> yeah, obviously this has been so much fun. A year we we got a season in, and I always talk about this, but you know the first time we ever worked together, yeah, and we did a pod, we did a podcast together. Um, it, it was a Sunday, and just instantly, like the 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 chemistry was there. It yeah. was tons of fun. You know, my wife said it, Jeff said it, everybody on, on at the network, even before it was the network, they yeah. had mentioned it. And this is something we had talked about, you know, since basically the summer of 2020. Yeah. Um, the fact we we're able to do it is is great. It's been tons of fun. I I'm about to go to shore duty in August. So I don't have to worry about underways. I don't have to worry about duty days anymore. And I cannot wait for, for the 2022 season to do this all over again with you. Yeah, man, great. I know. And matter of fact, it was I did a show. It was called Sunday Sit Down. And, it was a Sunday Sit Down. That's what. And it was. what's yep. crazy is because this is one of the things you know. Obviously, this was during the pandemic, so at that time, I had a lot of free time because at that time, hey, we were just you know just doing our thing. Yep. And what was crazy was because what ended up happening because we was okay because Jeff was like, um, I, no, you asked about a. a do you know any Washington football yep. fans? And then Jeff pointed me to you, and that's like, yo, come on, come on the show, you know. So you know, and then we just start talk, talking, and I was like, yo, this like, I, yo, and it ended up being like probably one of the highest rated, like as far as viewerships mm-hmm. that we that I had for that for the for that um for the uh, Sunday sit down series that I had, and it was it was great. Then it's funny. You know, we we did a little bit of shows in the 2020 season, kind of, you know, here and there. Then we actually, the anniversary was last, 
Monday, I think, was the ninth. I think I forgot what. Yeah, so that was we did the pregame show. That's when after we lost it, or the pregame show, obviously, the of uh, the wild card game when we lost to Tampa. Cause that's when we broke about Alex Smith being out, and I remember mm-hmm. that. And it's like it's, and then now coming to fruition, we created this actually on June the 11th of 2021. And like I said, it was it's been a hell of a ride, Rob. Always, um, you know, talking about the season. Definitely looking forward to the 2020 2022 season, and also anything that happens in the in the off season. I think that's gonna yeah. be another interesting thing too. Talking about like you know. Who's gonna be the quarterback? Getting ready for the draft. Just get ready for free agency. So yeah, man, I definitely once again, man, definitely appreciate you, Rob. Always, you know, hey, it's always fun. This is always, you know, at all the stuff. This, this, like, this is the, this is ours. As far as yeah. from the simple fact of, hey, this is something that we both, you know, that we created, something that we we always knew that this was going to happen. We put into fruition. And hey, we're here, you know, 37 episodes in and counting. Um, you know, the people that we've met, you know, down, you know, um, down this road as far as for the watch the football guys, you know, so definitely um and the support that we get from everybody, we definitely appreciate it. People rock with us, even even guys that don't even watch don't even follow watch the football guys, but they love that, you know, the passion that we bring in every week. You know, it's not we just not no fluff. We just we keep it keep it a buck. We love this team, even though sometimes I don't feel like they they love us back. But yeah, true. But, but hey, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just it's it's a it's a labor of love when it comes to the Washington football team. So um, definitely uh, appreciate you, Rob. Always, always. It, it don't even matter if any of you be watching the Football Guys podcast. Anytime you come on the other shows, we always cut up because yep. you know it's just it just it is what it is. But yeah, man, most definitely. But yeah, always always a lot of fun. Always, always. Yes, sir. So we see you guys on two two twenty two, and let's see, and we are out. Get you guys.